what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So while it's good to talk about serious things, it's just as important and just as American to have some fun. Now, let's have some fun. Welcome back to Leaning Middle, where we take the left, the right, and we try to find the middle. And today, we're going to take a different approach. We are going to look at both debates, the presidential debate and what hot mess that was, and the vice presidential debate, uh, which, uh, depending on which side you are on, uh, could be vanilla or it was still vanilla. It, that was pretty <laughs> down the, the middle. I am Brian. And I am Eric. And today we are going to try to find the common ground, if it's possible. <laughs> of the presidential and vice presidential debates. So I took notes um, and, and I did this. And now keep in mind, I did this when I was, I watched the debate with my wife and, yeah. and we don't always have the same political views. Uh -huh. um, but one thing I enjoy about watching the debate with my wife, and, and, and I find this to be with a lot of people as well, yeah. is how animated they get about certain topics. Absolutely. And uh, I learned a lot about my wife. I've been married for uh, 15 years, and mm -hmm. I was, I'm still learning things, which is, is great. And uh, But some of her approaches were, were different than mine. But I, I took down some notes, and some of them were my notes. Some of them were the ones where she would go, write that down on your little <laughs> notes there and make sure you talk about that. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll bring some of those up. But uh, what were your thoughts of the, the, the debates? Well, the first presidential debate was, I think it's what we all expected. I don't think anybody was going into that with the mindset that it was going to be coherent. I don't know. He came in hotter than even I expected him to. Yeah, that's true. And I think it shows more than anything is the reports leading up to that week was that he really didn't partake he, he in didn't a lot of prep. Yeah, a lot of debate prep, which is. Well, but he did do some prep because everybody on his prep team now has COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, if we just want to be real about it, there was one strategy that he came in with. And that was, you know, whether you like it or not, it was an attempt to trigger Joe Biden's stutter. He interjected. He interrupted him as much as possible. He tried to stress him out. It was an attempt to make him stutter and trip over his words, which he was successful with in some instances. But I think, in my opinion, Trump bought into his own campaign hype around Joe Biden not being mentally fit a little too much. Mm -hmm. And I think he got owned a few times by not understanding that it's like – yeah, you know, as much as the storyline works, he doesn't have dementia and he's mentally fit, you know, yeah. whether you like it or not. So let's talk about the presidential debate first. Yeah. Um, here's what I wrote down. Uh -huh. uh, I'm just going to read through the list yeah. and then we can go back in and knock them out and, and, and take good. looks at them. Uh, Trump didn't even respect the moderator. No. Okay. Chris Wallace. <laughs> I, if he if at the end of that if he stood up and flipped that table and was like I'm going to the bar I wouldn't have even blamed him. <laughs> do, do you think there is a moderator that could have controlled him that night though? 
I, I think Chris is getting a little bit of a bad rap on <laughs> he this. He absolutely is. I feel bad for Chris Wallace, honestly. I don't I don't think anybody could. And that's what he kind of said in post-interviews. He's like, I don't think anybody could have seen that happen. Yeah. You know? I, and, I like Chris. I think he's a great yeah, reporter. So do um, I. I think he, he's fairly down the middle. He really does work to be bipartisan on a hyperpartisan network, which right. is like I really appreciate when you see, you know, the more moderates on CNN or Fox where it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, you know. It's somebody that might lean left or right, and of course Chris leans a little right, but it's like he's cognizant of making sure he reports all the views. And he can be critical of the administration, which is my biggest pet peeve. Unlike some of the other moderators, at least uh, he has a record of voting Democrat and Republican. Exactly. So, uh, okay, so we we got Chris out of the way. Won't even let anybody talk. I think that's... You know, where a lot of the lack of preparation comes from is if you don't have the information and you don't have your policy points written out and you know them by heart, which I think it's clear, you know, Donald Trump doesn't at this point. There's always plans. There's always things being worked on. And we can talk about that in the vice presidential debate where Mike Pence kept saying, like, we have a plan, we have a plan. And I'm like, it is 10 months into this. Like, you should have more than a plan because you're currently vice president. But we kind of— And leader of the task force. Exactly, leader of the coronavirus task force. So it stresses me out in that regard that there's rarely policy points being discussed. But, um, you know, he just wanted to fluster Joe Biden. He wanted to create the narrative and stick to the narrative that he's a criminal. And— I think that's where he's going to hurt himself out of confusion is he's going to realize like, man, you know, people are looking for real solutions and answers right now because the world's such a chaotic, scary place that going out on debate stage and owning somebody or like making fun of the libs like he did with Hillary in 2016, it's just like, God, you know, everybody watched what happened in the first presidential debate. And, you know, if you think Trump won that objectively then you're the kind of person who thinks if you're yelling louder you win arguments right well and um the the thing that that really kind of popped out to me uh was that what i saw and this is from a business standpoint when you're unprepared and you go into something you dominate and you try to drive the Uh conversation in in the one place you do feel comfortable and you stick to the few things that you do know yeah and you don't venture out past into areas that you're not comfortable in because you will get stuck yeah and and i think that's what you saw with donald trump was he just didn't he wasn't prepared at all and he realized it as soon as he got in there Uh, i think he was overly confident bought into to his own hype and his Mm -hmm. own ego that i don't need to prepare i'm donald trump and i can I'm the president, and I've got mm-hmm. um, fifteen thousand people that show up to my rallies, and you got a uh, thousand that show up to yours. It's also what he did in 2016, and he was massively successful with it. You know, yeah. he didn't prepare. He was an everyman type of person. Well, and um, the the thing that that really and that that frustrated, I think, a lot of people was yeah. it was evident he wasn't prepared and he wasn't taking it serious. And I have a very serious conversation or I have a very serious decision to make here yeah and you didn't help me there buddy no I don't think anybody I mean I'm hard-pressed to believe that there might be 
undecided voters still left in the I country. I heard like 2% today. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think anybody went into that debate and then left with a different opinion. No. And that's why, you know, what we're seeing now is with them going to virtual because one of the They're not going to go there. He, actively, he won't do it. <laughs> yeah, actively has coronavirus, um, which, again, cracks me up that it's even a question that we should do this. And it's like, yeah, of course we yeah. would move it digitally. It's yeah. like well, somebody actively has the virus. But um, I think if it was up to Trump, though, they would just sit on a couch together and, and debate it out. Well, that's I mean, his thing. He doesn't he, he's not into the social distancing. He doesn't get it. No, I, I think he does get it. And I think he's just hoping it would kill Biden now because that's honestly the only chance he has for reelection. <laughs> Some kind of yeah. death. Um, well, but I, I think, you know, to, to kind of flip that, though, I think it Trump really only had one opportunity or one thing going for him that night in, yeah. in my opinion was he's not getting a fair and balanced reporting out there yeah. or at least he's claiming he's not uh-huh. now there's a lot of arguments that hey you get you reap what you sow you yep. you put out all this crap and and mm-hmm. and everything else and and the rhetoric and all that stuff but there were a few things he brought up that during that debate that I didn't know like mm-hmm. the um and I still don't know if it's true or not yeah but the the mayor of Russia or or one of the Moscow I don't know which mayor it was he just kept saying mayor oh mayor of Moscow giving his son three million dollars yeah yeah that is all proven false and it was okay. actually proven false by the conservative controlled Senate okay so, so if he knows that's proven false then because my thing was okay he he had one platform to really push this out because everybody mm-hmm. else pretty much discounts yeah most of what he said most. Most people. The, Conspiratorial the, thoughts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if that's proven false, then that really concerns me even more that that's what he was holding on to. Well, it's it's what they have, you know, is um, unfortunately um, Joe Biden is I was talking about it with some friends I was having dinner with the other night is he's he is not what America necessarily needs but it's absolutely what we deserve in the term that he is the most average dude you know he is not polished he is not charismatic he is a from a blue collar family he's obviously had a history political career but like you know joe biden is not barack obama he mm-hmm. is not he's not donald trump he's not somebody that can win you over with kind of a cult of personality but what he is is he's a pretty good representation of what every man america is he said what every man in america wanted to say and woman yeah, in america just, wanted to say just just shut, shut up. up that's like all we wanted is just like my god you know whether you like trump or not it's just like i want to learn something or yeah. at least you would hope you yeah know? when he said that my wife jumped off the couch and she was cheering she was all yeah. excited because she's you know she doesn't like people who talk over people and yeah. and everything else so uh next thing i wrote down was quick to blame what what I, uh quick to blame anyone and blame everyone it is the pass in the buck and that is i mean you know i it'll be real hard for me to stay middle on this one because i've been vocal about it from the very beginning which is um you know i always admired that with past administrations where you know the buck stops here yeah where bush could say i allowed this attack to occur on american soil Obama said, I allowed, you know, the swine flu to get out of control. I allowed Ebola to make it to our shores. Trump says, no, I take no responsibility at all. And it's just like, 
that's just not you didn't sign I'm sorry like you signed up to be president like I don't yeah. care whether you take it or not you're owning it like yeah. it's just it is well, it's a trend it's like any CEO yeah. or or uh, president of the company you are as good as the the people that that work within your company if and there's if, a crisis that even you're not directly involved with a scandal you're still responsible for you're it you're probably going to need to step down you yeah. know the uh, I, I was talking with one of our guys that used to work at uh, WorldCom and mm-hmm. when Enron went down and everything yeah. else, and they they went bankrupt and everything else. It it wasn't the CEO that that did it. It was yeah. the bad accounting and and um, the CFO mm-hmm. screwed them and, yeah. and everything else. But who was responsible for it? It's the person in charge, it, right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing with with this. And and I don't ever see him take take credit for for. He doesn't ever take responsibility for anything, but he takes credit for everything. Exactly. So, okay, next one I got here is uh, looked like a disrespectful bully. That is the one thing that I think he didn't consider is, um, yeah, he looked like a bully. You know, Joe Biden, he's been very vocal about his speech impediment. He's actually like, and I think, you know, I know about all of these things because the Lincoln Project is pushing out videos on Twitter every single day now, um, swaying my opinion. But, um, you know, he works with kids. It's that that uh, social dilemma is it, working. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> and it is terrifying when you consider the implications. We'll do a whole episode on that, though, don't worry. <laughs> um, but seeing him work with children and, like, actually stay in touch with kids who have stutters, and he even invited that young man to make the speech at the Democratic mm-hmm. National Convention, and it's like, you know, he's the real deal when it comes to trying to better yourself and trying to just be respectful, trying to get his opinion out, trying to tell the American public why he would make a more effective um, president. Mm-hmm. And Trump didn't allow that to happen, but then didn't back it up with anything. So, yes, his core base loves that, and his core base entirely believes he won that debate because he's still doing what he's always done. Right. Which is just, like, shut down, be cool, be snarky, be, like, you know, be the risque one in the room, bring a little chaos to politics. But, again, it's just not 2016 anymore. Yeah. We are in the midst of an absolute handful of crises, and nobody wants to see that kind of rhetoric. They want unity. They want a leader, you know, and that's where I think Joe Biden was incredibly effective is when he said, regardless if you vote for me or against me, I will govern for you. Right. And that, I mean, that means a lot when you look at Trump saying like, oh, these crap hole democratic cities or states don't support, don't, don't shouldn't get support because they are a different party than I am. And it's like, that's insanity. Yeah. Um, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said there. Uh, one of the things that, that came up, and I think this one was one that my wife really uh, kind of put in here, was all he did was attack Biden. He never addressed the nation. No, and that's was something even I was looking at. Um, you know how, like, the body language pros mm-hmm. kind of do the breakdowns? That's what they said Biden probably won some voters is because every time he would talk, he would stare directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. He would make eye contact with the American people. When he got to talk. Yeah, when he could get a you know a full sentence out without being yelled at, but he would constantly do that. You know, yeah. there was a few times where it was obvious when he did do that. I think 
for me, you know, that landmark moment is when Trump attacked his sons, you know, both. Um, I have that on here, too. Yeah. I mean, we might as well just kind of get into the yeah. elephants in the room because he, um, you know, he attacked both of uh, Joe Biden's sons. Which, one of which I, I just has, thought uh, Hunter, I, uh, he's sort of involved. Not really. Yeah. But Bo. I know. Come, come on, dude. And you don't really like to think about as somebody, you know, just to put it out there as somebody in recovery from addiction you look at hunter biden's life he was in a car accident that severely gave him brain damage and killed his mother when he was a child he then grew up with that level of trauma and then the access to politics and obviously you know the more power you have the more readily available things like drugs or vices will become available to Mm -hmm. you and that's the perfect recipe to develop an addictive disorder, a substance use disorder. You know, it's like people don't really consider what Joe Biden has traversed in his life. You know, the Absolutely. loss of a son, the loss of a wife, you know, while holding public office and, you know, trudging that road forward while going through all of these incredibly tumultuous events. And, 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 and never losing sight of being a dad. Being a dad or just having the best... Um, the best kind of the wherewithal in mind to make sure that he is putting the American people first still. Yeah. And when he was able to look at the camera and say like, you know what? Yeah. My son did struggle. He went through a lot, but like millions of Americans today who are struggling with substance use disorders, he was able to overcome it and get through it. And we absolutely, you know, need to respect that and understand that that is something that we need to continue to, um, honor and look up to is we want to be able to celebrate people's successes and not just demonize their failures especially in something like substance abuse and addiction because it really is you know it's not a moral failing there is a medical piece to it all so was was that moment like the moment for you in the the debate because that for my wife that was like the moment for her yeah I think between that and obviously his failure to just outright condemn white supremacy will be the the moments that are talked about repeatedly. Yeah. And that was for me that was both of those were were mine as well that I, I can't believe he did not condemn the the white supremacy. Um, it, and I mean that that's such a hot topic right now and I feel like it's just been discussed beyond any more discussion. Yeah. But what did a lot of people are saying it's being misconstrued as to to what he said. What does stand back and stand by? What does that mean to you? I think more than anything, it was a stupid term of phrase. I don't think he explicitly was giving instructions at all. I think he slipped up and tripped over his words and was just scared to say to say that he outright condemns white supremacy because. I mean, it is his voting block. Unfortunately, there is a portion of it that is yeah. his voting block. And um, he failed. You know, I don't think he was giving explicit instructions for the Proud Boys to do anything like create civil yeah. war. But I think he just, I mean, it was just a tremendous failure as a leader. And uh, just a side note, what happened on Twitter with the Proud Boys after after that took place oh yeah absolutely hilarious it's incredible now that like when hashtags can be co-opted 
and yeah. like you know and taken over and we saw it with all of trump's rallies and tiktokers and k-pop and now we're seeing it with proud boys and the homosexual and you know lgbtqia community all stepping up and reclaiming you know that hashtag and that title from them yeah it's funny it's and maybe that's why he wants to shut down social media so bad yeah he can't he it's but at the same time that's his platform yeah doesn't make sense out of control Mm -hmm. um so what about when he uh would not answer the question about science and climate control that for for a lot of people, that one was was just as up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as I think the the failure to condemn white supremacy was number one by far. Yeah. The attacking the president's children that was number two. Most I mean, come on, yeah. dude! If you're gonna attack, you're you don't have the cleanest family either. No, you know? it's and it's so, and it was FDR who said it, where he's like, if you attack your opponent's family, I will actively campaign against you, regardless of party. Yeah, there used to be an understanding in American politics that you don't do that. And that, that understanding is gone. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the the question about science and climate change, and, and they touched on this in the vice presidential debate, yeah, uh, as well. And I still didn't feel like they were that they answered that question. Even even Pence, I mean, he dodged just about every other question uh-huh. as well as as Kamala did. In fact, I, I, I bet there's more questions that they dodged than they actually answered yeah uh in that one but what do you what is your take on the the whole science and climate science and climate change uh question that that he he dodged you know it just i wish it were as simple as far as management you know i wish it was as simple as raking the leaves Mm -hmm. and um it's you know i keep going back to al gore's movie is it's just it's the perfect title it's it's an inconvenient truth. It sucks, but this is the reality that we're facing, and it, it's hard because we're also in a situation where um, we won't see the the results of it. You know, everybody who is making laws around climate legislation will be long dead before it's ever an issue. So that's why I think you're seeing this huge input in the young people community and the millennials and Gen Z to be like, uh, okay, like, listen, even once y'all are gone, we're going to have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be famines. It's going to be, you know, absolute horrific weather situations and natural disasters. Like, we want to try to make this better. So I think what he did in that was making sure that he – he stuck with his base. He condemned science again, but he made sure that the youth vote will absolutely turn out for Joe Biden. I guess one of my questions comes though is why does anybody why is it why is there even a base that is against science? Because it's an inconvenient truth that if you want to make if you want to listen to science and use the feedback, you're going to cut into profits. If you want to protect the environment, it's going to hurt the capitalism to some right. degree. Is there, uh, I mean, we are an innovative country. Is there not a way to change this where it doesn't affect capitalism? And I think a lot of people are finding ways to do that. You know, you look at Elon Musk, who is now working alongside capitalism with how electric vehicle credits are being sold off by Tesla and kind of how he's working to change the energy sector as a whole to kind of bring it onto more solar powered or battery 
um, basis is rather than natural yeah. gas or coal. But it is what's hard is it requires an enormous shift of wealth where you have these oil barons and these you know ruling families that are so ingrained with politics at this point in the energy sector that it would require them losing a tremendous amount of money and new money being found. You know, our, our government is set up to protect the rich. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that it was really funny that, you know, we, we talked with my son. He's mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. We talked to him about politics and, and um, what's going on. And with COVID going on, it's hard not to. I mean, yeah, these absolutely. kids aren't stupid. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fairly smart. Um, but one of the, the things that's funny, and, and my son, uh, you know, disclaimer, he wants to be a scientist. Yeah. Um, and he wants to, to find cures yeah. uh, for things. His question was, does he just not get it? And I yeah. just had to laugh. I'm like, you know, I mean, even this eight-year-old gets it. Um, and I think that's what, what was a frustrating point for me with is he continuously disregards the science of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's to take the words out of my son, does he, does he just not get it? I think it's, um, you know, from a personal perspective, I see it as like definitely – some level of just arrogance is yeah. seeing that i mean at the end of the day he's 74 like you know it won't he won't survive to see the long-term effects of climate change i think he's focused on you know keeping himself well, and the people around him and his base and supporters which are you know wealthier conservatives happy well tell that to the the people who have to endure the forest fires and the hurricanes in the gulf and you know, mm-hmm. from the increased water uh, um, levels or, or heat uh, temperatures. Okay, so Biden. Uh, I here's what I wrote down for Biden. I didn't write as much, um, yeah. but because uh, uh, Trump just dominated that thing, yeah. whether you like it or not. But uh, I, I put he tried to keep it presidential, uh-huh. um, and he stood his ground. Yeah. I, I thought that was good for him. Um, and then also he spent more time addressing the nation, which we already yeah, we already yeah. talked about that one. Um, he stumbled early with the numbers, though, uh, yep. and I did notice that. A couple times he, he really kind of got his numbers mixed up. He continually says that, you know, instead of 100,000, 100 million or something yeah. like that. There's And it's, it is. There's a lot of gaps where it's just like it makes great sound clips. You it, know? it does, and it really fuels the other side. Oh, and, and them saying he's mentally not there, but... At the same time, I'm, you know, I sit there and I look at it and I go, they're throwing around a lot of numbers. So say it's one thing if he was like seven people have died of COVID nineteen. You know, it's like there's a difference between yeah. throwing out numbers where you're like, ooh, this person is mentally unwell, and there's other times where it's like, all right, you got you got it confused. Like, I, I will say I don't feel like he it was that big of a deal, but I it does put a little bit of concern in my my mind that kind of goes. Okay, is he's going to be the oldest ever elected president? Yeah. Is, is there? I mean, the brain slows down. It, it's scientifically proven. Yeah. yeah. Is is that something we need to be concerned about? I'm not concerned about it because honestly, Joe Biden's demonstrated that he will listen to other people. I'm much more concerned with the mental state of our current president and his inability to take the advice of experts. That's very true. Very true. Um, here's one that I put. Uh, I thought that he kind of he looked old yeah. and confused and slow as Trump attacked him. 
that is the one thing is, you know, Trump knew that if he could come out swinging like that, he could catch him off guard. He mm-hmm. could trip him up. You know, it's like he does have a speech impediment. And it's like, is it kind of evil to attack that? It's like, yeah, but at the same time, you are, you know, what? You know, we, we heard our oh. parents talk about Nixon looking a little sweaty for the last 50 years. So yeah. it's like, yeah, if you can come out swinging and make sure that somebody looks silly that has yeah. a real impact well and it does and that's that's my last point on here as well for for biden is he stumbled with his words often yeah um now granted i think trump accomplished what he was trying to do and that was show that that biden had a hard time um keeping a a train of thought yeah um and uh, did you watch the Saturday Night Live clip i did yeah. <laughs> i thought you know it was kind of it was funny there were some very very good points made in there. I thought yeah. when Jim Carrey was kind of like, I got a lot of things, uh, a lot of opinions, uh, or ideas to, to start, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, but he never finished one and, and his kind of like, uh, uh-huh. nope, it's gone yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, unfortunately I just felt like Biden could have hurt himself a little bit. I think Trump may have, Trump definitely hurt himself, Yeah, but he may have gotten, gotten some people to really question some of the things on on Biden as 100%, well. 100%. So. I think there are some people that will do the naysaying of, okay, you know, Biden did not look as sharp as I hoped he did. But yeah. at the same time, in my mind, I'm not going to lie. Like, if there's one conspiracy thing that has wormed its way into my brain, it is the, the idea that he might be mentally unfit. And I was nervous going into that debate. You were. You you told me you might not even watch it. Yeah, and I didn't watch it that night because, I I mean, it was just, you know, a rough week in general. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to give myself a mental health vacation <laughs> on this one. But um, You have to. Yeah, I did eventually watch it all, and I was like, oh, wow, you know. Like, yeah, he didn't look the sharpest tool in the shed, but, like, yeah, no, he does not have dementia. You know, it's yeah. like that was what it came down that, to. That's what it did come yeah. down to. Uh, vice presidential debate. Uh, let's knock that one out real quick. Yeah, I think we can sum it up. It's yeah. like, blah. <laughs> so here's what fly. I wrote down for Pence. I, I, just a couple things. Uh, I thought one of the things he said was really good. Stop playing politics with people's lives. <laughs> Why don't you look take, in the mirror on that one? Say, I just <laughs> wish he would take his own advice. But I think what a lot of people didn't consider going into the president, vice presidential debate is Kamal Harris is a fiery, fired up, really good public speaker. Uh-huh. And uh, but Pence is not an idiot. You know, he was a conservative talk show host for years. He's obviously a very skilled debater. He's very well educated. Um, so I think a lot of people came in expecting him to be more of a pushover than he was and i think he was very very skilled in how he debated and how he was able to push kamala specifically on the issue of packing the courts um he was really good at turning things around and dodging questions but doing so in a way that didn't allow for kamala to push him as he did to her Mm -hmm. so i think what we saw immediately was just a higher skill level of the debate participants yeah i I would agree with with that i i think uh, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, one of the things that really frustrated both my wife and I uh, during the the VP debates was they talked off topic a lot. Yeah. And they dodged a lot of questions. <laughs> I know, uh, honestly. And I think that some of it was inadvertent dodging of yeah. the questions because they went back to talk about previous they topics to so focus, many times. And that is definitely. And that was both of, of them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here's one thing that was interesting to me. Uh, last night, it seemed like. Pence talked a lot more than Kamala, but really at the end of the day, there was just a couple of seconds difference. 
Why do you think I feel like that? I think, again, because if you just look in terms of posture and positioning, Pence looked really, really put together. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he was very comfortable. That was almost what was scariest to me, is he was very comfortable just repeating lies. But um, Kamala came out, and she was very clearly nervous. Yeah. You know, she was shaken. And, again, I don't I don't blame her. This is her first, you know, real spotlight to the national public as a vice presidential candidate. Yeah. And uh, she is also, you know, defending the campaign. And if she screwed up, then it would be 100% her fault for anything negative that sure. would have happened. And, um, yeah, overall, I think Pence had more poise. And I think um, it is an unfortunate reality where I know personally I have a blind spot where if a woman – is powerful i i look at them as naggy and that is sexist and it's just ingrained yeah. within me you know yeah. and it's something that i need to be really appropriate of to not be like a lot of people you know you could see were celebrating her being like mr vice president i'm speaking you know and it's funny because i saw just as many men be like oh god i hate you know when a woman does that this and that and then i saw the woman being like people have no idea how irritating it is to get talked over you know, and that was a huge moment. Yeah. So I am curious to see because I agree with you. And I wonder how much of that is like an implicit bias that I'm not aware of. So I, I think and I'm just going to speak to this for a second because I did watch it with my wife. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that both of us noticed right off the bat was mm-hmm. how polite he was to Kamala. Yeah. And, you know, when he made the comment, hey, I understand I was there four years ago for for my first vice presidential debate and everything else. And congratulations and good job. And I I think that somewhat threw her off a little bit. Yep. I didn't expect to see it. No, I don't think anybody did. But I think we also need to remember it's like Mike Pence has really not been public facing a lot. No. And and I don't want to say I'm going to say this, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay, but. Last night, he seemed like just a really nice guy. I think what throwed people off And how the is, hell do you put that with Trump? Well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people on the left bought into the hype that Joe Biden might have had dementia. I think a lot of people on the left bought into the hype that Mike Pence was this awkward, weird Christian dude who was like, you know, owned by his wife and stuff. Yeah. They bought into the memes. Yeah. And then it was like... Oh, no. You know, this is a career politician who is polished, intelligent, and knows exactly what he needs to stay to say to stay in line yeah. with his party. And, um, yeah, he created, I think, uh, it gave a lot of people pause mm-hmm. of saying, like, huh, you know, I think it reassured some pe- some Trump fans who might be on the fence by saying, like, well, I mean, okay. Yeah. As long as he's in there, he, you know, he has – somebody knows what's going on. Yeah. So let me let me talk to the, the – part you brought up just a minute ago about yeah. the the woman's point of view uh-huh. um because obviously we're two dudes doing yeah. this and and mm-hmm. you know one of the things that my wife brought up last night when the very first time that she looked over to mike pence and said i am talking yeah mr vice president i am talking now mm-hmm. kind of thing initially what went through my mind immediately was oh my god that's a mom right there yeah like that was very motherly uh-huh. and and then it's the second thought was that's kind of talking down to that's kind of you know just yeah absolutely just, but my wife jumped up off that that couch and she was like yes mm-hmm. she's like finally yeah and then it dawned on me i'm like i have no idea yeah exactly you know i mean exactly. 
and she, my wife looks at me and she goes, she just said what every woman on this planet has wanted to say multiple times. Yeah. And she goes, you don't get it. And, yeah. you, and I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's the thing about that is I'm married to a, a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were things that were misconstrued about Kamala last night. I, I think we can all agree she's an extremely strong woman. Yes. I mean, to have gone yeah. through being the first uh, a um, district att- or um, attorney general, AG in California, yeah. uh, everything that, that she is, has accomplished in her career. She is a very strong personality. Absolutely. And, um, I think that's hard for some people to, to understand. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't know how to deal with a strong woman. That's true. And, uh, I think that it takes a certain, certain type of person, a certain type of man to be able to deal with a strong woman's personality. It has to be one that is very secure with themselves. Right. Yeah. And I think you saw that with Pence last night. You did. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's why he was able to weather some of of that. I think the people that are sitting there going, oh, her eye rolling and her her smirks and all that stuff. I I don't think those people are that type of person. No. The other person that I don't think could handle it is Donald Trump. No. No, I mean, you can see it's like, well, there was somebody tweeted when Joe Biden said, like, shut up, and Twitter exploded when that happened. Somebody tweeted, like, I can only imagine, she's like, I feel so bad for Hillary because I can't imagine how much she wanted to say something like Mm -hmm. that, but couldn't. Yeah. And she responded, and she's like, you have no idea, sister. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to is now I think, you know, the political landscape's changed drastically, but back in 2016... Trump steamrolled over Hillary with the same strategy he did with Biden, and Hillary, you know, attempted to keep kind of the focus on a presidential heir, and um, ultimately that was not what she should have done. You know, yeah. it's like the gloves did need to come well, off. But and and one of the things that that was told to me was, and, and this wasn't my wife that told me, but one of the things told me was, listen, when when you're a female and you're in a situation like that, yeah. It, it is a no-win situation. Yeah, you either roll your eyes, smirk, or or you have something that you do to divert your frustration. Yeah, or you sit there with no response and you get nailed with resting bitch face. Yep. So that's that's a really hard situation to be in, and and I, I don't think there is a way out of that. But no. what what I heard last night from from my wife on this this camp or this debate really was. Finally, she felt like th- that there was some female personality that was that was yeah. coming out, and some you know we're gonna get it exactly kind of thing. So um, the the other thing I, I got Pence kind of talked over the the moderator a couple times. Yep. He just basically looked right at her. Yeah, and was like, mm, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. No, 100. percent I think. Um, the moderator tried their best last night, but again, it's ineffectual moderation. They're not yeah. stopping people from abusing their time, and that's what we really need to focus on. Yeah. Speaking of time, we're we're like out of time, but I have one more thing that mm-hmm. because I'm curious on this this point of view. So last night it was brought up by Harris yeah. that the Trump administration knew this and like about COVID, uh-huh. like January 23rd. Yeah. Okay. 
but we didn't find out about it really uh-huh. or it wasn't addressed until mid-march yes and he and pence kind of tried to play that off like eh, that's not that's not yeah, the yeah. truth and then they moved on to a different topic but then later on in the the debate pence said well we tried to go in there in mid-february and china wouldn't let us in so that tells me you knew something was going on yep you we're trying to get in there, mm-hmm. yet you still never told us. And I thought what Harris brought up was a fantastic point. You should have told us what was going on so we could prepare. Exactly. You know, there were people that didn't prepare. They didn't save any money for a situation to happen. It's they what didn't. she said. She's like, did you feel calm when you couldn't buy toilet paper in the stores? Yeah. And that was... I thought she nailed that. I agree. I agree. But that really... that. That transaction right there really kind of was the the thing for me out of that debate where I put one and one together, yeah. And I felt really smart for a second because I'm yeah. like, wait a second, yeah. If you put these dates together, they knew more. Oh, absolutely. And they didn't tell us, yeah. And that's playing that's playing politics with our lives. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of it. What I wrote down for for Harris was stayed on talking points most of the time that was early on she it did kinda, such a good job kind of went off though with um any time she brought up joe biden she would look down smile and giggle and then tell a personal anecdote on almost every single question i left if there's one thing that debate showed me is she is very committed to joe, joe. and you know whether she is or not, but so she's here's the committed question. to riding Joe <laughs> to the top if she isn't. But. Yeah, here, here's the question. Is Joe using her to get to the Oval Office, or is she using Joe to get to the Oval Office? I I don't think – I think it's a lot less um, tantalizing than a lot of people would like to believe. Yeah. I think Joe's using her more than she's using him, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well, I, I could see that. Uh, other three things. I know we're out of time, but uh, missed answering the question about transfer of power. They both did. 100%. Uh, I, and I wanted to know the answer of that one because it's a real real subject, especially Absolutely. with what's going on right now. Uh, she jumped very quickly from transparency to health uh, to taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't really – and there, there was this one question where uh, they asked her about the uh, transparency of health. She maybe got two sentences into it. And then she said, let's talk about transparency. Yeah. Let's talk about taxes yep. and everything else. With the situation that's going on, those are both very hot topics right now. She was trying to just get as many, pull as many punches but as possible. I, I feel like she missed a little bit on that I do that too. Health I think area. she took too much focus on making some poignant stabs than being able to explain some yeah. policy issues. Which, again, you know, it's like it's – it's hard when you think you might be going up against somebody like Trump and you get somebody like Pence yeah. who showed up. Well, and, and to me what, what was interesting about that was she took she missed an opportunity to nail something where he didn't really have any wiggle room. Yeah. If she would have kept it on the, the health and his lack of transparency on the health and the importance of that, yeah. she had more room to make some jabs. But she went to the taxes. And I can tell you from a business standpoint, that's a really gray area. I know, especially if you look at the legal side. He, you know, that's that's what the problem was. But I think there, why she didn't double down on the health side is, you know, it was very recent. Like, he was still in the hospital. Yeah. Like, nobody, they had still pulled all the negative ads. I think everybody was scared of saying something like, 
you know, being really nailing him and then having him die or right. something, and it'd be a total disaster. Well, and, and I think she she kind of missed or, or kind of misdrewed a few things as well when she was talking about. Let me tell you what a debt is. Well, there isn't a billionaire out there that doesn't owe four hundred million dollars somewhere. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. Debt is where what you do to offset capital gains and and different areas the of, only of growth something is he does owe 139 million dollars that's due in the next four years sure and that well, is i have i have loans on real estate right mm-hmm. now that are due at the end of this year and you know what i'm going to do i will walk into my banker and go i want to roll it over for another year yeah. and he'll go here's the paperwork sign it and i'm good yeah because i haven't been late on a payment mm-hmm. i'm i'm actively paying it off and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, absolutely. There was no, they gave me a one year loan with no real expectation of me paying off the full real estate value within a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he deals in much higher level of real estate than I do, but I, I don't think there's any real expectation that that now the question I will ask is who does he owe money to? I think we should know that it's Deutsche bank. And if you, we, yeah, this is a whole nother, whole nother subject. Episode, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, last one. And then we got to wrap this up. Um, I think that uh, she acted very motherly last night during the interruptions. And I brought that up. That yeah. was, that was the last thing I wrote. Uh-huh. So, uh, okay. Last thing. And then we got to, got to do this. Cause I know we've, we've gone <laughs> considerably over who won the presidential debate. Um, I will say this. Nobody won, and therefore Joe Biden won because he was ahead in the polls. Trump needed to change the narrative, and he failed to, so Joe Biden's the winner. Okay, I agree with that. Who won the vice presidential debate? I think if you look at it from, um, again, kind of the similar perspective, I think Kamala came out and presented herself in the way that will not change the storyline. If I was doing debate rhetoric and um, debatability alone, I would say Pence. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with that as well. I thought um, Pence showed me more than more than expected, yeah. and Kamala met my expectations. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And so, uh, so as of right now, the debates are a draw, and yep. I don't know if we're going to have any other ones. Honestly, it'll be interesting to see. So we'll we'll watch and and uh, we'll do another one of these episodes as soon as that one's over. Absolutely. So, all right, guys, thank you very much. Uh, if you uh, liked what you heard, definitely give us a, a review, and uh, five stars would be great. Absolutely. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the uh, all the podcast, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and then follow Can you us name on them Twitter. all? I can't. No, not at all. <laughs> Ever, never. Yeah. I, I was putting all this stuff together, and I was like, I didn't even know some of these existed. I know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you guys very much. And again, if you're on the left, the right, uh, all that matters is that we start leaning to the middle. Exactly. And we look forward to exploring that common ground with you next episode.